Hello and welcome to episode 997 of The Sleeper and the Bust. It is Tuesday, January 4th. I'm your host, Paul Spore, joined this morning by Justin Mason. Justin, good morning, sir. Good morning. How you doing? I am well. Um, we're here to talk pitching, and that always makes me happy. It's my girlfriend's birthday, so I'm happy for her. Happy birthday, Jen. I'll, I'll pass the message on. Uh, how are you doing this fine morning? I'm exhausted. Uh, stayed up Gr- super grinding. late writing. Uh, which was uh, uh, fun and fruitful, but then 4 a.m. comes around, you're like, oh, shit, I got to be been up there. at like Absolutely. 6.30. Yeah, been, been, been there where it's like you're in a good writing zone, but you know you have to be up early and you know like, dang it, should have done this earlier, should, should, should already be sleeping. Been there as recently as the other night, so I can relate. And then I had a panic because remember we had talked about recording – on New Year's Eve and I had the rundown done and then I go to to do the rundown today and I see that rundown and usually I just delete the last rundown and go which I did and then I go to look and I'm like where's that episode did I forget to post to, to post an episode and so I'm scrambling I'm freaking out I'm like no we didn't do it it was New Year's Eve we just you know, we just put, we we just uh, said we'll get it, we'll get it later. But we didn't finish that rundown, so I I did the extra work for myself. But I will say this: the next rundown is ready, and we will have two episodes this week locked and loaded. Uh, we have two SP episodes: one where I'm higher on the guys, the other where you're higher on 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 the pitchers in question. So we're gonna start with where I'm higher. Can, can, can we start with this draft we're in real quick? Oh, I mean, we can absolutely talk about that. If you got I, thoughts on that, let's 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 talk about it. You uh, you hit me up. You said I'm doing a draft champions. You want to get in? I say, you know what? Let's do it. I'm in. 15 teamer. Got some folks from around uh, the fantasy industry. I got pick 15. You got pick nine. Give me some of your thoughts. Where you at? Uh, I was surprised. I had not seen your updated SP ranks when we started this draft. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I was surprised you took Bueller before uh, Burns and Scherzer. No, 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 but just before Scherzer. Burns was 11th pick. Oh, oh, oh sorry. You just, have, you just have Bueller ahead of uh, Yes, of I have Burns Bueller number, ranks. number two. And I'm just, you know, for me, it's just kind of looking at a guy who I think has come into his own now. Uh, the reins are fully off as far as any sort of inning protection or whatever. I don't think there's any need for concern there. They took, they took the, uh, they took the reins off Bueller and Urias and he's on the best team or one of the best. However, you know, you can't, you can't go too far down the list without getting to the Dodgers. So I feel really good about, uh, about where Bueller is. And that's why he's my number two right now. He's younger as well. We have a little bit of age at the top of the pool. Um, you know, even somebody guys like Cole and DeGrom, they're not old, but they're also not babies. Scherzer, um, uh, you, you start to look, and then you have the new class coming in with Burns. Burns was gone, by the way. Bueller, Woodruff, Wheeler, Alcatara. Even Wheeler, though, actually, isn't he 30 or 31? So he's not even yeah. a baby. So I guess he would be with that first group I mentioned. There. He's going to be 32 next year. So, yeah, I found a guy that I think mixes a, a, a measure of youth at age 27 relative to the rest of the upper upper class of pitching uh, with being elite. And uh, he's my number two guy this year. 
I, I like the bets pick. You for for reference, uh, Paul was on the turn, the 15, yeah. 16 turn. Getting him there. Um, I, th- I I had bets as potentially one of my top nine. Um, yeah, you took Tucker there, so I, yeah. I could go either way between those two as well. Personally, I, I ended up choosing between Tucker and Burns, and I, uh, but. Yeah, I was uh, I was definitely torn a little bit on bets. I know there's some people really low on bets. I've just been seeing him go I've, like I've seen that too. Top fifteen, which and is I, crazy. I, I don't I don't get it. I I think um, I think a big part of it is he was ten for fifteen on the ba- ten for fifteen on the bases, and there's a this this inkling this this feeling maybe that he's done running uh, at, at at a high frequency. I don't know. I. I I think I mean, that was injury related, though. That's what I'm saying. He played 122 games. He was 10 for 12 in the 55 game season, mm-hmm. or in, in the 60 game season where he played 55 games. Even if he just gets back to 2019, which is 16 uh, for 19, that's six more steals. And anything for me that's in the mid teens is fine by me. And I wouldn't rule out another 20 something season. If if Betts is fully healthy, he's 2020. And I know we haven't seen 20 steals since 2018. He only had uh, – he fell short in 2019 of it. That's the only season that I think we've seen that we should really judge him as not being a 20-steal season, though. 2020 was too small, and last year was injury. So I'm looking at one year. I'm not out on bets as a base stealer. I think he's a 2020 bat still. Yeah. No, I I, I agree with you. And we'll – we're definitely going to talk about Logan Webb, I think, next episode, so I won't I won't go into that. Love okay. what you did with Bogarts. I almost took Bogarts in the third, but uh, couldn't pass up on getting my first starter. I'm still a little pissed at you for snaking me on Tommy Edmond in the sixth. Uh, you know, you came in, I was streaming when my pick was up. He said, don't snipe me, I'm yeah. after, but you're up. And then, obviously, my only goal is to snipe you. Now, mm-hmm. I didn't know who that was necessarily going to be. I still had to take my guys. I just had to hope that my guys were going to snipe you. And thankfully, one of them did because I took uh, Jordan Romano and Tommy Edmond in that turn. And Edmond bothered you. And that, that, that pleases me. It yeah. pleases me greatly. you know. And uh, you needed some steals. And I got to say, though, I like the, what you've done to accommodate your steals uh, considering the fact that you were a little light. You took Tucker in the first round. Who I do like and think is you know similar to Betts as well. I think he can be a twenty twenty type guy. Um, could even be more, by the way. I just I think he's a solid twenty twenty type. But then you didn't really have much speed after that. You got Freeman, Castellanos, and a bunch of pitchers. Well, that made you a pretty prime fit for Miles Straw. And <clears throat> excuse me, I've been pretty clear that I'm not a huge Miles Straw fan because of of the one note. Uh, base stealers, you know, I, I don't love, I don't love the rabbits. We've had this discussion many times on this pod uh, on our feelings about these guys, but if it's the right team fit, of course I'm in, and I think it was completely the right team fit for you. With and Marshall. I'd, I'd argue that uh, he's not a one note guy. Like now, there's no power, that's for sure, and and because he uh, let off a lot in Cleveland, um, there's not going to be many RBIs. But he's going to score runs, and he's going to hit for a decent average. Um, and I think people are kind of downplaying like what he did uh, in I, Cleveland yeah. uh, in terms I just of... I don't think he's very good, though. I, I challenge you to do some more digging. 
because he had a 10% walk rate, a sub 20% strikeout rate in Cleveland, 18 stolen bases on 19 attempts, two home runs. We don't really care about that, right? But yeah, the walk rate is something I I, I do like. He he had a 92.5% uh, zone contact percentage. He's he's out there swinging it. I just I just worry about the punchless guys. Uh, there uh, that the rug be, can be pulled out from under them. You know, I'm curious if he can maintain the walk rate. That'd be big for Straw because again, an 11 percent rate, you know, in a full season is really nice. And usually they knock the bat out of uh, of the hands of guys like this because they don't have any power, so they just challenge them. But he maintained that walk rate, and that is huge. And I will say that that's a a, a pretty big determining factor of. Uh, how reliable he's going to be if he can continue to get those walks, get those extra times on base to steal. That's going to be huge. Uh, it, it's listen, the numbers are there for you. He was the 31st outfielder this past year. Guess who was 32? Mookie Betts. Now, <laughs> you know, 30, 36 or 46 more games. No, no, 36 more games. I had to write the first time. 36 more games for Straw. Um, and, you know, that carrying tool of the 30 steals is nice. It's fair to say that he's more than just the speed. When there is no power, though, um, it, it is it is a very specific profile that needs to fit a team, though. Yeah. I mean, uh, my final thought on my team is, you know, have a plan for stolen bases and, and for, for saves when you, when you come into draft. Because I, I enter these draft and holds really kind of planless. I don't, I don't put as much time in terms of like, okay, this is exactly what I plan on doing in this draft. I kind of just let the drafts fall to me, um, especially in the first five rounds or so, and kind of mm -hmm. take the best player available and then kind of work from there. It's the, These drafts for me are just kind of prep for more expensive drafts and more important drafts later on. Oh, well, um, you're saying we're not important. Okay, there yeah, you go. No, you're not. Um, Everyone who's in this league, you guys heard him. We're not yep. important. Uh, but what I found was, while I love my first six picks, Kyle Tucker, Freddie Freeman, Giolito, Lance Lynn, Castellanos, and then Jack Flaherty, um, I found myself in a position where I had like 25 stolen bases in the first mm -hmm. six rounds and zero saves. And so it made me push up Miles Straw a little bit and push up Dalton Varshow a little bit. Just to kind of those were your some, seven, eight picks. Yeah, just to add some speed. And while like it fits well with my team, it's not really what I like to do. Um, and so it just it, it gives me a nice little reminder, like, hey, sometimes like I probably should have taken uh, like Cedric Mullins or Whit Merrifield like or, or Starling Martin. This is the first draft this year I have not taken <laughs> Cedric Mullins. Yeah, you could have done that over Freeman, and that's mm -hmm. that's that's a big turning point on Freeman's uh, draft this year that, that we've, yeah. we've heard people talk about. It's like it really depends on who they get in the first round, whether or not they want to take Freeman, because then they might be setting themselves up for a big steals hole. Now, you had Tucker... So it's not like you went, um, you know, Harper uh, yeah. Freeman. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't take like a Guerrero and have zero. Speed. Yeah. Um, but a guy, I'm not one of the people that thinks that Tucker is gonna like like add a bunch of stolen bases or anything this year. I don't either. Um, but I think he'll just continue to be a beast. Yes, I agree. Yeah.
And again, that's why I put I, I totally see him in a in a Mookie Betts type deal. And again, I, I called him 2020, and he went 14 for 16 this year. I think he gets right around it, right around that 2020 mark. Well, I mean, he's gonna crush 20 homers easily. Yeah, I, but I, th- I think yeah, I he think... can add another handful of steals. He also played 140 games. If we get him up closer to the 150s. Um, I think that will help too with, with Tucker. So he doesn't need to add a ton of speed. He just needs to throw a few extra chances in there, a little bit more success, and boom, he's at 20 steals uh, easily. But I agree. I know some people are talking like he could be a 30-30 guy, and I'm, I'm just not sure that – I'm not sure that Houston lets him push that much. I think he's like a 40-15 that, guy, to be honest. That, that I mean, obviously, that'd still be great. If they let him just run wild, Tucker could steal 30, but I don't think they're going to. I also, for for someone who's been super critical of Dalton Varsho in the past, um, I really like where, what what his potential is, like being an everyday outfielder and having catcher eligibility with speed. Yeah, uh, Come, coming around now, huh? Yeah. Stealing um, my guy. I still don't think he's going to be a very good catcher. I think this Doesn't may matter. be the last year he has catcher Doesn't eligibility. Matter. But uh, it matters for, for yeah. you know. 2023 people. There's no reason for the Diamondbacks not to just let him play every day. And every day. If he's playing every day and can rack up 500 plate appearances as a quote unquote catcher in fantasy, uh, it's gonna be it's gonna be really nice. If he can somehow get another 20 games back there this year to keep it for next year, that'd be great. But again, that's next year's problem. Mm-hmm. I mean, you and just I might actually it. get to pick while we're while we're drafted. Ooh. I- we moved it all. Uh, yeah, we just. Oh, I just saw yeah. Boz Mark and Rodon. Desch- Mark Deschera's up now. <laughs> <laughs> and you got you have a target, and you're trying to sweat. Yeah, I got, sweat I got a few targets. Guy. Actually, Nobody... you're sweating the next pick here. They're the only one that is mm-hmm. primed to, to take the number one guy that you talked about. Yeah, yeah, we'll we'll see when we get there. Yeah, we'll see we'll see what happens. All right, well, let's talk some starting pitching, and uh, let's start. Again, with guys I'm higher on, and I'm so much higher here that you didn't even rank these guys. These were some unranked guys that were in my top 100, my top 93 to be specific. You did not see fit to rank Aaron Ashby. And then this one, I'll give you a little bit more of a pass because I, we're, we're, I guess, still a little uncertain on where I guess... I'll give you a pass that he's not in your top 100, but I feel like you should have ranked him. Uh, but that's Garrett Whitlock. Uh, there are specific reasons I didn't rank either of these guys. I don't think they're starters. Well, Ashby definitely is and should certainly be ranked as such. Whoa, I give you... whoa, whoa. Why do we think he definitely is? Because, because... he's not going to be a reliever. Like, why wouldn't you rank him as a starter? Even though he doesn't have a, like, a locked-in, you know, 1,000% spot. We we rank guys that are going to start. I don't think he has a spot at all in the rotation. I think I think you're giving an awful lot of credit. Well, first off, what team uses five starters all year? So like, you're, you're, I, I think mean, that's he, fair. He's the he's the sixth guy. So come on. Um, but then you're also giving a lot of credit to Hauser and Lauer, two guys I like, mind you. I have all six Brewers in my top 100, and. That, that's how much I like this group here, that I, I, I still like those other two guys. But they're not locked and loaded for, you know, 180 innings apiece. Like, there's going to be opportunities. 
and I'm pretty, I feel pretty confident that Ashby's going to get them. But also, the, the simple fact is, I mean, you ranked a ton of guys. Um, I, I feel like there's a spot for both of them there at the very, at the very least, Ashby. We can talk about Whitlock in a moment. I think even even acknowledging that he's not necessarily going to be in from day one, uh, Ashby. That is, I still think he's got to be ranked. Yeah, I, I I don't I don't I don't think he's a starter on this team. Um, and I think that, and that's the Who's main the reason. Uh, I don't know that he's a six starter either. He didn't. No, make... who's the sixth starter? Uh, I don't know that they're only on the team five yet. guys. Ah. I think I think this is a team that goes out and, and gets a six starter. Um, I mean, I guess at, at this point he probably is the sixth guy. Unquestionably is. Uh, but I I just don't know that I buy. I, I think you're he's... sleeping on Ashby. I think you're sleeping on Aaron and, Ashby. And maybe I am, but. He only had four starts in the majors in mm-hmm. in in twenty twenty one. Only once did he go five innings. Um, I you know by the end of the season he was doing you know inning two old. inning spots. So none of that changes anything for this year. If if I thought he was in. Uh, in the starting rotation, where where do you have him ranked? Uh, Ninety uh, seventy four. Okay, and that seems about right. If if I thought he was in the rotation, um, but you ranked one hundred and seventy five guys because he didn't qualify to me as a starter. It's not that I he, I don't think he's better than one hundred seventy or you know or you know seventy five of those guys. I do. I think he absolutely is, but I don't think he's a starter, and so he didn't qualify for my list based on that and same with Whitlock I don't I don't think he's a starter yeah it's unnecessary parsing there just because he's not in like so shouldn't you have then only ranked 150 guys just the five guys that are put in the rotation right now um probably but <laughs> I mean, to, to be in, to be consistent you would uh have no because I mean there's six-man rotations and there are guys who I think will be getting like I I as the team is currently constructed, I don't think that Ashby is going to be starting 12 games this season. Yeah. I mean, I wonder what is Steamer even have if him for starts? Even if he starts 10, you should, you should have ranked him. Uh, they have him for, as a 90. No, because I'm ranking him as a re- relief pitcher, which, you know, I, you know, I've got him. Let's see. Where do I have him? On Can you hear my eyes rolling right now? Because they are. Just so you know. I mean, I have him as my twenty-sixth relief pitcher. Okay. Okay. Like that's that's pretty good. It's whatever. It's, it's unnecessary to rank him there. His future is as a starter, likely this year at least some starting. Steamer has him for starting six games this year. I just said they have him as a ninety inning reliever. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah, listen to me when I'm talking. Yeah, no, I, I, I stopped listening because your, your critique is, you is often repeat silly. That I um you know, it's it's just he's just I don't have him as a starter. Like that's I don't I don't think there's you know, I think he's a really, really interesting pitcher if he is gonna start. Um, which they could obviously move Hauser into the bullpen. They did that a few times last year. Uh, Lauer, while he was great, and I think we both think he is a really interesting kind of deep guy. Yeah, big fan. I got him at eighty. Uh, 
you know, he's not necessarily set for the rotation um, 100%. I mean, Peralta is not you know, 180. Like, again, team's got to use more than five for sure. Absolutely. I, I don't know who the sixth is. You can say he's not on the team right now, but then you rank the guy that's obvious the sixth, obviously going to be the sixth. I think it's crazy that you didn't put Aaron Ashby on your top 175. Let's talk Garrett Whitlock. Same issue. More leeway with him. I understand. Sure. But they said he's going to be a starter. Like that was what the like yeah. we plan to use him as a starter. So we're not taking their word. I'm not. <laughs> like, um, I mean, they point blank said it. No, they did. But look at this rotation. Like, it's bad. I know. But it's got a bunch of starter guys in it. Like, I, I definitely can see better that. Than a lot of them, though. He is. And they, yeah. I mean, they, they do have a lot of options, but that's because they know they can't get through with the guys they have. I mean, look at the – they're all just like uh, – who who would you bet on in this rotation to get 100 – to be qualified for the ERA title, which is 162 no or more innings? Yeah, thank you. Um, it's, it's, by the way, just quickly, it's Evaldi, Sale, Pavetta, Rich Hill, Michael Walker, Tanner Houck. Those are just the six that we list before you even get to I mean, to I think Lock. Sale I would bet on – just because he came back from the TJ last year, put I mean, up I some really 10, quality so areas. I, I would bet on him, but he, uh, he's kind of off to the side anyway. He's so far and away the best yeah. on this rotation. But Whitlock's as good as anybody else in this rotation, no? I mean, I don't think he's as good as Ivaldi, but I think that, you know, uh, uh, you know, Ivaldi you and Sale aside. All the other issues with Ivaldi, though. Yeah. And, uh, with, with his health, his inability to. I mean, he's. He, I don't even know that. Whitlock isn't as good as Eovaldi, though, which is more a credit to Whitlock than a diss on Eovaldi's talent. I Again, I don't think I need to explain my Eovaldi bona fides, bona fides. I, I love him, but um, he doesn't stay healthy. His consistency with performance can be volatile, mm-hmm. too. But put him off to the side. Fine. I, I, I don't need to argue that. I don't want to die on the hill of, like, Eovaldi versus Whitlock. And so, again, this is not as much push, pushback on the Ashby thing because you just don't see him starting. But they did say it. They did point blank yeah. say that he could start. So that's With why I still how bad this bullpen is. I mean, it is bad too. I just don't know how they take him out of it. Like, like but his innings are so like again, you you know that if you can start versus relieve, it's so much more valuable to be a starter. Sure. It just I mean, part of the issue is they already they have five of the guys who are that roster resource projects to have them in the uh, projects to have in the rotation. So roster resource has Evaldi, Sale, Pavetta, Hill, Waka, and Tanner Houck in a six man rotation. Yeah, um, five of those guys do not have the ability to be sent down. Um, whereas, I get that. I mean, but they're they're not going to be sent down. They're going to be sent to the IL. Where yeah, and that is probably design. true. Um, I just I have a hard time figuring out where he fits into the rotation early on in the season. Um, I mean, maybe... I got him ninety four, so he doesn't need to get in. Uh, he could get into the rotation in June and 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 yeah. be fine. For, I, I've got. Him I right. worry about and like I'll how tell you what. I look. I'd rather than say he's just the closer, like or well, he's be, of course for fantasy that'd be amazing too. And I'll tell you what, by the way, just. To, to be clear, I have him ranked at, for Gary Willick, I ranked him as a uh, reliever and starter. Mm-hmm. Not not for Ashby, but for Whitlock, I did both. 
Yeah. And I think with 175 guys, because they said it, I think you could have at least put them in there with the acknowledgement of what they said. And that's the main reason that I still ranked him uh, Whitlock. Where do you have him as a reliever? I have him 26th. Okay, I have him 24th. We're, oh. we're close there. It, 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 so if I they probably the word, would have had him around the same spot as you as a starter if I did rank him. I just again to me he didn't qualify because I didn't I didn't don't believe he's going to end up. You know who I got him right by, uh, like a real perfect name for me in terms of a comparison. Hmm. Christian Javier. Oh, I lo- and I love Christian Javier. Me yeah. too, and I also am un- un- uncertain about I, his role completely. I, I th- with them bringing back Verlander, I think Javier is not getting into the rotation, what, which what, is a bummer who, for me. Who who uh, remained more firm on their take? long after it was wrong you about the nldh or me about javier joining the rotation <laughs> and switching with luis garcia because i still think it might happen for 2020 yeah well i'm still on the 2020 okay uh, so we're still just dead bandwagon for the th okay. much less the 2021 <laughs> no, oh wait no there was a th in 2020 uh, yeah you already had yeah I, I nailed that one there we go but, but yeah I, dude like i i i just i it made so much sense i couldn't believe it and I just thought that they were going to put they were going to flip him back, Javier and Garcia. Not because Garcia was bad; he was great. I just he was just racking up so many point. innings. Exactly. But Dusty's going to so Dusty. Dusty. Dusty went old school in twenty twenty one. You know damn well that that front office decides that, but they let Absolutely. him keep Garcia in. So it yeah. was they, they dustied, and but not in a negative way because it's not like he, he was, was getting so murdered. Good. Down the stretch, he had his very last start of the season was bad. Six inning, six runs in five innings against Tampa Bay on, on September 29th. But it's not like he was bad down the stretch. And, and he was I good in the postseason. Yeah, I liked watching Luis Garcia pitch. It was never an anti-Garcia take. It was just an innings management thing that I thought made a ton of sense. He went from and I was 12 dead innings to 155. I know. You know why I kept banging this drum? And I'm just like, this has to happen. This has to happen. And I kept being proven wrong. But uh, I still love Javier for next year, by the way. And Garcia. I, I'm in on both. I, I would take either. Um, all right. Those are the two unranked. And we just spent like an hour on them. So to get through this entire list, we are going to have to pick up the pace a little bit. Uh, let's talk Tyler Tyler Miguel. I, I think it's just Tyler McGill. But uh, we like to stress those pronunciations there because it is T-Y-L-O-R. Uh, so Tyler. And he has a brother named Trevor. Oh, wait. That's just Trevor. Never mind. Um, Tyler McGill, Mets righty, 26 years old, had 18 starts this year. If you weren't in tune with what he was doing, uh, you know, if you didn't have him or, or stream him or watch him or anything, you might have missed because the surface numbers are not going to jump out and be like, oh, this guy's a stud. But you look underneath the hood, and I really started to become impressed. And then, um, and I had him ranked, I got him ranked 84. You have him 164. And then a another thing that I was like, I really like where he's at here. Uh, I think there's a good foundation of stuff. Then I watched a video on YouTube. This guy named Jolly Olive made a video about you know McGill being the next big starter for the Mets, and I was like, interesting. I'm in. You'll like, just I, send me that I, video. I, so I'll I will. Take a look. I, I was already in, and he he laid out even better points. And I will say, and he he points it out too. He's a Mets fan, but he's very he's 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 the self self loathing Mets fan. So he likes to roast them as much as he'll promote them. But uh yeah, I'm I'm in on on Tyler McGill and I want to try to convince you to move him up more 
here because I think 164 is a bit too low. I don't know if you got to come all the way up to my 84, but d- strong arsenal. Um, you know, good good velo at 95. Three legit pitches with with a with a viable changeup. Good swing and miss. 12% swing and strike. 26% strikeout rate. Great control, 7% walk rate. And these numbers are in line with his minor league numbers where he did miss a lot of bats, had good control, had a good swing and strike rate. Uh, home runs were an issue at the major league level, 1.9, no doubt about it. And they were even a bit of an issue in AAA for his little stint there. Uh, that was three starts, never mind. I don't want to go crazy on three starts. But that was the first time that we've seen a home run issue for from Tyler McGill. He came up in the minors almost never really allowing homers. The 1.3 mark at AAA in 14 innings was the highest that we'd seen. Uh, the previous high was 0.6. So this 1.9 seems like a bit of an anomaly here. A little bit of, you know, getting rattled at the big league level, I guess. They, they kind of got to him. If he gets that in check, though, I could see a sub-4 ERA here. I think Tyler McGill has a, has a pretty high upside. I was also impressed to see Steamers on board. They got him for 115 innings with a 384-123 ERA whip combo. So I'm in on the McGill train. I know it's starting to, starting to get more crowded. Uh, the Jolly Olive video, I sent that to your G-chat there. Check that out too uh, after stream, see if you or after the pod, see if you uh, are swayed by that. But I think this is a guy you got to move up a little bit. Yeah, I probably need to move him up a little bit. I don't know that I'm going to get close to you. I, I definitely have a little... 80 spots apart, so I understand. Yeah, I definitely have a, a, a pretty big fear that the Mets are going to continue their spending spree after uh, after the uh, lockout. Pitching? I do think they're going to add another starting pitcher. Um, that's so unnecessary. That'd be so. That's the Mets, though, and they've got I mean, money it, now. And uh, so unnecessary overstates it. Let me let me back up on so unnecessary because they do have Taiwan Walker and Carlos Carrasco. Yeah, both real um, big injury and Max seven and Degrom's coming off of health. So they yeah. they do need another guy, but it should be a hybrid that can start the season in the bullpen and be ready to go if they need him. Because uh, uh, I don't see why they wouldn't Garrett Richards type. Something um, like that, yeah. Because I don't see why they should. Like, what has, what what has Miguel come up short in that he shouldn't get a start? He's twenty six next year too. Like, what what are they waiting for? Yeah, I mean, I think they should give him a shot. I'm I'm pretty worried about the home runs. Uh, I mean they, I mean they were bad season overall, but really bad from August on. Uh, he had a two point seven four homer per nine. Uh, from August 2nd, uh, which was his first start in August through the end of the season. He gave up seven homers in two games. Yeah, that's true. Against the Giants and Brewers, two great teams. And they, they count. Yeah. I only, and you guys know I do this all the time with the game logging, and, and it's only to say that it wasn't like a homer to every game. Only had two quality starts in that in that time frame. Uh, and that's, I think, ten starts. That's fine. Um um, I don't. They were I, I think he's got a good fastball. Pitches. I don't love either of his secondary pitches. Um, I'm. I think he's an interesting guy, and I think they should give him some go. Like I do think they should give him the opportunity. I don't know that he is. Hmm. I'm I'm talking myself. I'm trying to talk myself into it a little bit more. I do love the walk rate. 
I'm telling you, man. I, um, and I think I think he's got the control. He just needs to tighten up the command for Tyler McGill yeah, the because the homers not good. were there. But again, when you're looking at seven homers in two outings, it it doesn't strike me as a persistent issue. That's the only reason I cite when when they're are these like outlier games of somebody having a home run issue or even when we go through and we say oh you know they gave up 20 of their earned runs in three starts because that matters because it shows that it's more of a confined issue that can be ironed out as opposed to just a, a ton of mediocrity or or you know a persistent issue so that's uh, that's where i'm at on mcgill i got like i said i got him at 86 um or 84 excuse me you got him at 164 He's penciling as a fifth starter right now. He's at the very least, if they get somebody else, he's the sixth guy, which we just talked about how they've got questions up and down. Even the studs have questions because they're old and DeGrom's coming off an injury. So there's going to be plenty of opportunity here. If he smooths out the home run issue and gets in line with what we saw in the minors from McGill, which was a markedly better home run rate of 0.5, I think he takes off. So I, I'm really yeah. excited about it. And he's and, 26. I mean, he's in a good park to do that in. I mean, City Field is is not like a home run park. Yeah. Uh, so I wonder what his home road splits were. Did he do a lot of the damage on the road? I can let you know real fast here. Uh, let's see. Home road. Race. Race. Well, even. Race. Ten yeah. home runs at home, nine home runs on the road. And, um, not, and only seven innings difference. Yeah. Uh, not really... And two great teams that beat him up. I will tell you where there is an issue. You know, lefties. Yeah, I was just about to and say. it he... does have a big platoon issue. And that goes back to your point about the, the off-speed pitches mm-hmm. with the with the slider and change-up. Uh, change yeah. They need to be better. But he has three pitches that he goes to. It's not like some show-me change. And obviously, you don't want to just use a bad pitch. It wasn't terrible. It was kind of like meh more than it was bad. Obviously, they, those pitches need to get better. Because... I, and I think he needs to become a little bit less aggressive, and this isn't something we often say with guys, but I think he's probably trying to avoid putting guys on base um, exactly. and attacking guys. I mean, you look at his his first pitch strike rate is like almost 70%. Um, and I think maybe he just needs to uh, nibble a little bit more and not and not worry about getting into the zone to try to beat a guy and then risk giving up the home run. Like, don't be afraid of putting guy on the base and, and going after the next guy if you fall behind early in the count. We like talking about this, too. Yeah, uh, This is definitely something that you and I have discussed about guys that maybe can afford to, to give a walk instead of just attack, attack, attack. So I totally agree with that, too. Uh, but I think there's a lot to like here with McGill. I think there's a, a foundation that uh, that intrigues me. And to your point, I, I, I'm, I'm actually going to try to find uh, well, how this rate compares but he did give up five homers on the first pitch mm-hmm. uh, in in 37 plate appearances it's a 14 percent rate again i don't know what the normal rate is so let me try to find what that mm. what that is relative. that makes a lot of sense though because i mean if he's going to be really aggressive early in the count and batters are responding and batters turn. are just going to say i'm not going to wait i'm just going to i'm going to i'm to look fastball and just try to take it out exactly um and you know, he needs to get a little bit more creative behind the plate. And you would think with McCann probably catching most of his games that they should be able to make that kind of adjustment. Yeah, no, I think that's I think that's totally I'm fair. I'm going to move so. him up. I don't know where I'm going to move him up yet. I'm not going to do it 
live on the air for this one. Sure. But he's 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 gonna move up a little bit in my ranks, probably into the one twenty to one thirty area. Okay. Seems maybe about right. Yeah, I'm thinking like low one thirties, high one twenties is is where he's gonna end up for me. Um uh I do have some fear that the Mets will bring in more talent because they seem to now have endless resources with their new owner. Um, but uh, I think they should give him a shot. And even if even if he ends up outside of the rotation early on, that doesn't mean he won't end up back in there with Carrasco and Walker and, and DeGrom all having real injury uh, issues at the moment. And, and Scherzer's 100. Yeah, I, I think I Scherzer's love him, but, um, Scherzer's a know. machine. Like as long he as is, they but he oil had some him, <laughs> I know. But but what, what's he been doing these last couple of years? One seventy mm-hmm. something, yeah. So like one seventy nine, one seventy two. So you know, there's two hundred innings turn. available, even if McGill's not. Not saying McGill will Plen- soak up all two hundred of those. Of but, time, though. Yeah, yeah no, there's two hundred innings time on that for him team to find. Available. And like everyone knows how much I like Taiwan Walker. I I, I don't want to say yeah. this. He was really bad in the second half. So is he even guaranteed a spot? You know, I love there... Carrasco, but considering the way he pitched when he was on the mound last year, mm-hmm. does not guarantee him a roster spot either. And when your owner has unlimited resources, that also often means they don't necessarily care how much they're paying guys. True. True. So yeah, we'll we'll see where it goes there. But that's Tyler McGill, Tristan McKenzie. Mm-hmm. I got him fifty-eight. You got him one fourteen. Yeah, this one. It's my body comp. Big fan. Um, Might be the best. You know, if if you kind of start back at the Kluber era here. So we're we're going a big stretch here where Cleveland has become a uh, uh, one of the preeminent pitching development teams. This might be the best, the most talented prospect that they've had. Mm -hmm. And they've turned much lesser guys into premium pitchers in terms of their raw ability. Now they've got McKenzie here, whose health has been a a question for sure. So I'll I'll grant you that immediately. I still think 114 is too low, even granting the health concerns uh, because of what he can do when he is healthy. And we saw the swing and miss. It was it was prominent. He was wild, though, too. Yeah. 28% K, but a 12% walk rate to go with 13% at AAA. But again, this was new as well. Um, I'll bring up the homers too. 1.6, 2.1 in the minors. These command and control issues were new for 2021 for McKenzie. Mm-hmm. And so like McGill, I'm not over – I'm, I'm trying not to, to crush him for that and say this is who he is. He's a home run problem who can't command the ball at all. I think there is a bit more uh, command and control here than maybe 21 lets us believe – and I, I think there's a lot of upside for McKenzie. Going to be 24 next year. I, I'm really keen on him. Um, I can maybe be talked down a bit, but I, th- I think outside the top 100 is a, is, a, is is too low. Yeah, you're probably right, and I probably should move him up. I mean, part of the problem is, is something I think we talked about off air. Yeah, is how we yep. deep starting pitching is, and, um, and how colossal the globs start to get. Yeah. Uh, Early, I mean, really early. Like me, me ranking him one thirteen, where I have him at the moment, um, is uh, not like an indictment or saying like I don't like him. It's just saying there are a lot of guys I just like. <laughs> um, yeah, 
Uh, I mean, obviously, where I have him ranked puts me out on him in terms of being able to draft him because I'm just never going to... He's going to be gone, you know, 100 out of 100 times when I'm in a draft. Um, But I really like McKenzie, and I see the path to him being a top 50 starter, uh, which, you know, would mean I should have him ranked higher. I, I really worry about the injury risk. With him, he's just a guy that has really had trouble staying on the field. Um, I well, I agree with you that I think his command and control is better than what we saw in the totality of 2021. Um, I am a bit concerned with the kind of homer binges he gave up, uh, and then you know walk binges that he gave up. Now there was a stretch, um, kind of towards the end of 2021 that was really impressive if you look from like i think it's like july 9th through september 14th before he just completely fell apart in his last three starts yeah he was unhittable that's Um, the thing and i I think we saw a run there like you're saying of mckenzie that showed look at this guy look what he can do uh and and he could be a monster and I'm, I'm, I'm excited about the future. Again, I feel like I can be talked down a little bit off of where I'm at, but I will tell you that the season that we just saw from 120 innings of a 495 ERA came with a 118 whip, which is really nice. Tells you how difficult he was to hit because he gave up all those walks and still had a good whip that finished SP 100 on the player Raider. Yeah. Um, where did you have him again? 54. Oh, wow. That's insanely high. Um, 58, or 58, excuse me. Uh, in between Savali and Marquez. Who? Um, yeah, I'm not going to get him anywhere near that. He definitely needs to be raised up in my ranks. Um, okay, let's 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 talk something that's going to be in for next episode that we can dive deeper in. And, uh, man, I feel weird coming at you sideways about this guy because I love this guy, and I feel like I was mm-hmm. uh, a little alone on him you know, last year, and then he had a great second half helping people win leagues. You got Cal Quantrill, 44. <laughs> My boy. H- how do you square those two? Yeah, yeah Quantrill's uh, got to come down, too. Um, but Quantrill was fantastic he absolutely was and i again and i, I don't him. understand why because the... he has no skills whoa i that's Bro, he, he, that is just wrong it is wrong but it's it's made for emphasis yeah um, he does have skills but he couldn't strike me out and that's a big deal and I think that's why he needs to come down because exactly. I believe in his command and control. I uh, do too, and that's why I like Quantrill. And that, that that was all I was I was going off of his pedigree, mm-hmm. his command and control, and Cleveland's pedigree. Those were the yeah. only factors I had because uh, Nick Pollock, so sweet, get, gave me some love on him from a pod that we did at uh, at the All Star break and said, you know, Paul nailed it on Quantrill. And I try to tamp down too much credit on that just because I never saw him being. Uh, an ace for people in the second half. I just thought Cleveland prospect pedigree command and control. Mm-hmm. That's a foundation. I'll take it. And he ended up putting up a 194. So, um, but but again, you got him 44 and McKenzie 114. Yeah. That's what I'm trying to square. I I mean I think it's floor. It, it's it's basing. I mean that's what it is. It's it's I I like where Cal Quantrill's floor is. Um, 
He has a 447 Sierra for his career, though. But it just, he's one of these guys that's like, you know, like Marco Gonzalez, like who's going to outperform his peripherals uh, because they can't quantify what he does. Um, I understand players like that can be uh, tricky for the Mm -hmm. the metrics for sure. But haven't we seen a five ERA season out of? Um, or, or we saw the five ER five Sierra, excuse me, in 2019 mm-hmm. is what Gonzalez had. He had a 508 Sierra and a 399 ERA. Yeah, he's always, I mean, you know, consistently for sure. Now, and does that mean he's going to like have a sub three ERA again? No, no, no. And then that's, I need to, I need to drop him because he can't run as pure as he did in this season. And so he's, he's definitely going to drop probably outside side of my top 60 i'm gonna do it right now let's see so he's got to drop here's got to drop here i'm gonna put him 62 um quadril okay um and i definitely need to raise up my boy or your boy um mckenzie right, i'm I taking f- quadril off of the next episode then because i have him 76 and we're, we're but quadril so now. far is my most drafted pitcher this year i have them in all three I love it. of my of my teams you know the two teams that i've completely drafted the fpaz draft which i don't know when restarts i thought it was going to be soon. yesterday. I, I thought it was right <laughs> after new year as well uh so i'm gonna move tristan mckenzie up to 95 okay um these are substantial moves. I'm I'm on board with this. I like McKenzie a lot. And something that always sticks in my head, I mean, I'll ask you, who who is the person you trust most with pitching mechanics? Doug Thorburn. Yes. And Doug Thorburn's like uh a couple years ago was like Tristan McKenzie's gonna turn out to be the best pitcher in Cleveland. Yeah. Um and that was like, whoa, okay, if if Doug is now Doug is prone sometimes to some hyperbolic statements. Uh, no, he's no, no, but he was. I think he's getting at what I was talking about about how this is the most talented guy they've absolutely. had, and, and look what they've done with other guys that aren't nearly as talented. And I mean, it it wouldn't be the first time a guy who was injury prone, uh, or we thought of as injury prone, found, uh, you know, health you know, kind of as he started to mature and, you know, grow into his own body. And um, and he has pretty damn good clean mechanics uh, that I think he, you know, if he, can, you know, can, you know, stay healthy, like he could be really, really good. I just have a hard time banking on kind of the calm in, in that regard. Um, and like, so there's no way I can get him into like my top 80, especially with how deep starting pitcher is, you know, one of the things uh, I think I mentioned to you, uh, but, and I also kind of uh, talked about in my, my starting pitcher ADP movement article that came out today, starting pitching is so deep. If you have questions about a guy, there are like 15 other going around him Mm -hmm. that you should just pivot to. And sure. As much as I like McKenzie, I just have so many questions um, that I feel uncomfortable with, that I'm probably just going to pivot to a different guy every time. Okay. And that's how I feel, by the way, uh, about the globs. I, I talk about attacking the globs. Yes, there are a cluster of 
you know, in some cases upwards of like 50 pitchers, five zero that I have in a glob because like that's, this is an example we were talking about offline. I told you I got Eric Lauer at 80. Could I, could I unquestionably convince you that he's better than Chris Paddock, who I have at 139? Mm-hmm. No. Like yeah. you'd be like, no, I, you could argue the Paddock side reasonably. And yet 80 to 139 is normally this colossal gap. It's just not. And we've been talking about the globs now for years and they get bigger and they start sooner. Uh, Pablo Lopez at pitch pitcher 30 for me. He's my SP 30. Is he unquestionably better or, or just, you know, so, so much different than Luis Patino who I have at 56. Could you not make now? Obviously we rank guys at certain spots because we like them better. I'm not saying to throw out rankings, but I agree with you. Attack the glob the mm-hmm. way you want the pitchers. I'm less about letting the, the pitching come to me. I'm attacking and getting the guys I'm most comfortable with. Yeah. I don't want to be, some people are comfortable being left with, no choice and say, I'll let it whittle down to the last guy and I'll take the last guy in a tier. I attack my tiers a little bit more personally. That's fair. Uh, which is what you're saying that you do too. Mm-hmm. And we're just attacking differently yeah. with Mark, with uh, McKenzie. I'm attacking to get him. You're attacking elsewhere and, and staying away from him. Yeah. But you did move him up and I actually moved him down. So we, we, uh, where we did, did you move him to? We did joint effort there. I've got him now at 70. Oh, so we're much closer. 74. And where did you move uh, Quantrill up to? I moved Quantrill. Oh, I was just joking. <laughs> no, I know. I I did move him. No, no, he's he's seventy six. They're seventy four and seventy six now. Mm, okay. Nice. So I kept him at seventy six, but they're right there. And I got Zach Plesac right in between them. By the way, where do you have Plesac? Plesac, I have in between them. I believe is I have Plesac at ninety one. Okay, so yeah, we got those we got those teammates pretty close to each mm-hmm. other. Plesac, right. I just don't know what to do with. I'm I'm with you, and that's why you know I kind I kind of just put him down here at 75. I don't I don't know I don't know where everyone's at. I think every room's going to be different because you're going to be in some draft rooms where you have a mega believer, mm-hmm. and then you're going to be in other draft his, rooms where his you his ADP split um, is uh, his, his min pick is 234, his max is 379. Oh wow! So like yeah, there are. There are people who are who are like, hey, I'm buying back in, and then there are people who are are like, like no freaking shot. Yeah. So, um, I I think what he'll get is innings, which has value. That's the thing, especially in value. draft champions, and most Big people dog. are drafting draft and holds right now. Is uh, he's gonna he's gonna just rack up a ton of innings? I think that has value. I, I think there's pretty substantial value in that. Um, you know, he was I. I couldn't pay me to draft Jack Plesak last year based on his price. Oh, no way. Uh, this year, going to be so much cheaper, so much easier to buy. And I will probably have some. Mm-hmm. I'll probably have some of him this year. All right. Next up is Herman Marquez. I got him 59 right after McKenzie. Well, where I had McKenzie. Oh, him. how the turntables have, have turned. turned. I know. 59 to 87. But when I was arguing for him, it was when I was arguing for him to remain at 59 and other people were putting him at 25 mm-hmm. and you got him at 87 now versus my 59 i obviously understand the issues i've argued the other side of the issues many a time but i mean i don't know that you can justify 87 though i because, can i mean you're gonna get an opportunity to but a couple of things one 
there should be some level of curation. Like if you're drafting him and, and taking all of his course starts, I, I I think it's kind of foolish. Although, and here's the problem. Here here I, here's the pushback because it's tough because he had good starts against difficult teams. He or was good at home this year. Okay, okay. So then just take him face value. Do you know where he finished this past year with? Just I'm sure it was probably like top 50, but yeah, it was 51. So how can you put him 87? Because there is no world in which I trust him now. Like at least before I knew trust him to do what to to like give me a good start, like to know when to use him. Like at least before, like it was, hey, he is elite on the road. And garbage at home. Okay, so it sucks that I can only use a pitcher half the time, but I'm going to get elite work for 100 innings on the road. But then 2021 comes around. He was elite on the road once. Like, elite on the road once. Now, this past year, he was garbage on the road, but prior to that... He was atrocious on the road. Like he he, was. If he was. you only used him for his road starts. Well, if you didn't adjust at all this year. I, well, you, but you by the time you yourself. adjust, you've already fucking put yourself behind the eight ball. And I just don't want to play around with it. Especially not at the price. Like, I just... It's not even an expensive price, though. I feel like he's he's perfectly... Like, he's fairly priced for what he is. He's pitcher 89, and that includes relievers. I don't have the the actual SP ranking, but it's, it's pick 235. Aren't all the concerns covered when you're taking a 15th, 16th round pick? Like, isn't it all put into the mix there? But again, this, this goes back to my earlier point uh in in our you know on our last uh guy we were just talking about uh with mckenzie if pitching starting pitching is so deep that if you have questions i on know a guy, but there's not 86 pitchers better than marquez no I, and but that's the thing like so we got to talk we got to go back to like something we've talked about a bunch throughout i know where you're going the yeah. years is how people make rankings. I don't make rankings based on where I think a guy is going to finish. Sure. No, I, this, is, this is a draft list. And uh, this is me saying I would not, or I'm most likely, obviously there's a little bit of wiggle room, you know, uh, but I'm, I'm going to draft all these other guys ahead of Marquez. Like I just, I, I do not trust him, you know? And I mean, you look at like what he did in the second half. And he put up a six twelve ERA. I know, but it was, and that, just that, his second he, half now of, of one season. I just I just don't trust him, dude. I just and I'm not, you know, I this is one of those I I'm I'm gonna stand firm. I am not moving him up. Okay. I just think you're leaving. Like I just don't uh, know just how you can pinpoint when to start him when he was so bad. On I mean, the road. I just you're not gonna feel comfortable starting him in, in Colorado. Like, I mean, you you can start him, you know, against like lesser be- teams or whatever. Yeah, best ball is always gonna be where a Coors guys, yeah, like, any I'm, volatile pitcher, that's gonna be their best mode. I, I I fully grant that. I just I just don't see 86 guys better than Marquez, and I'm not even and I and I guy. and I can concede that I don't think there are 86 guys better than Marquez either. I just feel more comfortable drafting 86 guys. Okay. I don't. Okay. I definitely don't. I definitely think that it gets to a point where I'm like, ah, I guess I'll because he's still uber talented. And I'm, but I'm trying to get away from the ah at this point, 
he's worth the value. Like, cause that's how you end up like ending up with a guy you don't really want on your roster. I think that's fair to a degree, but you're, you're likely with that ranking, you're likely taking far less talented pitchers just to avoid. And I'm okay with that. And that, okay. Okay. I, I'm, I still want the best players on my team. That's, that's fair. I, I want, I want guys that I, you know, that may be a little bit less talented, but I know how to employ a little bit better. And this is just me saying, listen, I am not smart yeah. enough to figure out when to start him. I'm not going to go through every guy, but you have some guys on here ahead of Marquez that really contradict what you're saying. Like Danny Duffy ahead of him. Is that guy even going to pitch? Yeah, Duffy's going to move down. Um, Chris Paddock, because who I, I don't know. Incidentally mentioned earlier, is terrible. Yeah, he is, but and he probably should move down too. But um, Duffy but I, definitely will move down, uh, and so do Marquez like. will jump above him. Really like where you're at on, and this is a, like I said, a discussion that we have had a lot, and I think we we've had some really great talks about it. About are you ranking? Is this is this a ranking of where you think they're going to be at the end of the year, mm-hmm. or how you're drafting them? And that is something that is it's imper- it's pertinent to point out if where you you're are at. If you're looking too. at someone's rankings, you should ask, if they don't specify that, you should ask you them go. because like if you know, I don't know that Jeff. Zimmerman puts out ranks uh, anymore. Um, but like when we used to, as a full staff, do rankings, uh, it was like you and me and Zimmerman and Pod Orzer, I think Alex Chamberlain. Yeah. And you and I rank similarly, and Pod Orzer and Zimmerman rank strictly based on where their whatever their projections out. come out and say, this is where this guy belongs. Exactly. And it was a really, really stark difference between how, you know, how our ranks looked and how their ranks looked. And people were always confused by that. And I don't think one's right or wrong. It's just a matter of knowing mm-hmm. what you're looking at and what, what is trying to be accomplished yes. by the ranker. And I think, so if you're going to like, there's someone the other day who reached out to me and was like, Hey, you know, are your ranks updated? Because I'm, compiling a composite list of you know people i trust ranks and i don't know that i mentioned this to him but i really should have and uh and i'll go back and mention it to him if i didn't you really need to be careful if you're going to do something like like, i don't think that's a bad idea because what you're doing is you're compiling almost like an adp of ranks um based on you know people you trust but if you're going to do that with people who rank differently that isn't going to work as well as you think it is. I agree because again, you need to know what the per- like if 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 the three different lists are trying to accomplish three different mm-hmm. things, then it's just they're going to be skewed, and those differences will not be useful. Yeah, I, I agree. I so I so, think you know you got you want to make sure you want to make sure you know what you're looking at, and I don't think we as an industry, and I know I I fall victim to this because I release ranks, talk about how to use the ranks, because there are different ways to utilize ranks based on how a person is ranking them. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, all right, so that's that's Hermann Marquez, and I think that's, a, again, a great, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Not idea, like, uh, 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 God, I'm, the word is insight? escaping me. What I'm trying, yeah, that, that is great insight, but I was trying to say, um, like, 
I, I can't think of the word. I'm just an idiot, dude. I'm so old. I forget words now. I'm a clown. Biceps. I, Great biceps. Just, just the, uh, the, the, the strategy that you're talking about mm -hmm. there or, or the insight on how you're trying to achieve rankings. And both of us have really moved toward, hey, we're going to rank how we want to draft a guy. And if that means we put a guy way lower than his ADP because we're out on him, then we're out on him. And I, I respect that. Drew Rasmussen's our next guy. 55 ranked for me, 79 for you. Because of where we are with globs, this one's probably, we, we might not even feel terribly differently about um, Rasmussen. And I, I'm going to say, like, right out front, I wrote him up last night. Um, he was one of the last guys I wrote up. Uh, and I believe I wrote him up because he was dropping in drafts. And oh. I want to I wanna, I wanna double check that. Okay. Um, so I'm looking through my yes he he's dropped tw over 20 spots. Uh, since, I wonder uh, what's the driving of November. Um, Do you have a take on what's driving that? Yeah, uh, kind of briefly. I think it's just lack of track record. Um, okay. And other more sexy options on the race. Oh, and they got Kluber. Yeah. Right now we don't even have Boz in the rotation. I think I think he is. Uh, I know, but we I, have I think Clanahan, they... Rasmussen, Kluber, Yarbrough, Patino, and then Boz on the outside looking in. But either way, again, I don't care if somebody's the six. I will still take yeah. Shane Boz. Uh, we're going to talk about him next episode, though, because we um, are split. Uh, but yeah, Drew, Drew Rasmussen, go ahead. Uh, g give us your thoughts on him. And did it, it? You said it prompted a move for, or no, it didn't, because he's moving down. Did that sway you in any way when you when you I... read that he was moving down? Well, at first I was like, oh, I want to, because I kind of liked what I saw in Rasmussen um, last season. Uh, and so I was, oh, this is surprising he's moving down. And then I thought about it. It's like, okay, this has got to be people pumping up Boz, people, you know, not out on Patino, uh, people who are really, really stoked on Shane McClanahan, um, Kluber joining the rotation. But I really like Rasmussen, and I kind of like Me the too. fact that he's dropping and digging into him more last night uh, while I was writing this piece uh, makes me um, even more interested in him. And he needs to move up for me, for sure. Um, he gets a lot of, you know, I think people look at the swing strike rate and they go, oh, that's like mediocre. I mean, he's right around league average in the swing strike rate. But he actually gets a lot of called strikes. Yeah, and... And I don't think we've seen the best mm -hmm. of Rasmussen's uh, swing strike rate either. In fact, he was higher in 2020 in the smaller sample, it was 13%, and then down to 11% this year. But I like what he's got. His swing and miss in the minors mm -hmm. was way better. Uh, this is who they got for Adamus. This is uh, yeah. Adamus for Rasmussen and JP Fireisen. So these two teams are very savvy when they trade. You know, it, it hurts a little bit for both teams. So yeah, you know, Adamus looking like the big win for Milwaukee, and he is. But he had trouble in Tampa Bay, so they weren't going to get enough out of him to make it worth keeping him. Plus, they have they had a particular shortstop coming up. But now they have Rasmussen, who can definitely start for them, and Fireisen, who's going to be in the bullpen. But I like Rasmussen a lot. Obviously, Tampa Bay has a, a built-in trust with what they do with their pitching. Mm -hmm. I think the innings are going to be there for McClanahan, and uh, I think Rasmussen's going to get a pretty decent shot to throw around... I think maybe come in just under 150. Yeah. I think McClanahan's actually going to qualify. I think I think they can get him to 162 without really pushing him too crazily. And then I think everyone else kind of fills in behind there with Kluber, Yarbrough, Patino, and and Boz. 
I think Rasmussen. Now there is a little bit of an issue with uh, uh, depth of Arsenal. I will say that mm-hmm. I'd like I'd like to see a third pitch, but I think even as a five six inning guy, uh, you know, going through the going through the lineup a couple times, I think lots of strikeouts, quality ratios, and then obviously win opportunities with the team that he's on. So I'm 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 big on Rasmussen. I I am definitely intrigued. I mean, there's a little bit of Tampa Bay fear sure. in terms of like, is he, does he end up like becoming like a quasi opener, like in tandem with like Yarborough or something like that. There um, are reasons for that fear too, because I think that because of the two down. pitches. Yeah. And because Tampa Bay is not a team that lets all of their starters go, right. If they pick True. one or two guys and say, Hey, you're going to be horses. Everybody else is kind of like, we're just going to, you know, make, piece it together. Yeah, we're gonna make decisions based on what we think benefits the team in terms of your usage. I, I think McClanahan's one of those guys for sure because yeah. he's, he's twenty five. I think I Boz actually... will be at some point this year, but who knows if that's right away? Yeah, they might not get that trust going with where he's turned loose until the mm-hmm. second half. That be um, that being said, ahead. like Kluber was. Like is Kluber healthy? Like he's exactly thirty five, going to be thirty six in, I, I in don't season. Uh, Yarber was atrocious. I like yep. Tino a lot, but he was really inconsistent. Um, and so I, I think Rasmussen is actually kind of a stable piece of this rotation, even if he's like probably not going to go the third time through. A lot, like I think he's going to get a lot of five inning starts, but that's okay because that that still qualifies you uh, for a win. I had him at seventy nine. I'm going to move him up to sixty nine. No, he's going to go above sixty nine. Um, but I I can't. I'm 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 really I'm I'm trying to figure out him and Alex Wood. Um, oh, okay. I'm gonna Alex Wood up a, a good bit after some uh, chat or, or, or comment discussion in my I'm article. Gonna move him, I think, right behind Alex Wood. Alex Wood's injury history just scares the crap out it, of it's me. It's brutal, um, but man, he is talented when he pitches. He really is. Uh, so yeah, so I'm gonna end up moving him to uh, 65. Um, yeah, I, I really liked what I what I saw last night in uh, in Rasmussen. Um, I'm, I'm and I moved him down a little bit. We're gonna meet. We're gonna meet right there. I'm at 61 because okay. I, I moved him down a little with the two pitches is my biggest concern. I made a loose comp in the black book saying that uh, Rasmussen and Patino were kind of Tampa Bay's Savali and McKenzie. And uh, it, again, it's a loose comp because it breaks down a little bit in that Rasmussen. I, I think Savali is actually a workhorse that if he's healthy, he can go 200 innings this year, whereas I don't see that from Rasmussen. So that's where that comp breaks down a little bit. I meant more in like terms of profiles um, where Rasmussen, not a massive strikeout guy, but but has the hints of, of strikeout stuff the way we've seen from Savali that can really foster some quality work. So I'm big on Rasmussen. We're now pretty much even on him, 61-65. That's nothing. And uh, I will and I, say, once he became a starter, he did start to throw the curveball a little bit more. So um, he realized he needed that that 
something that isn't just kind of going. Yeah, he he definitely still needs to like pump up the usage. Yeah, uh, a little bit more. He was throwing it about five percent. You know, had a few starts where he got into kind of the seven percent range. I'd like to see him get to ten percent. Um, it was St- an Steve effective. Loves him, by the way, yeah, it was an effective pitch though when he used it. So like, That's I good. think he. If he can get that curveball usage up into the 10% range and really make it an offering that hitters have to think about, um, I think he could really take a nice little jump. Uh, it's not going to be huge. Like I don't think he's a guy who's got like a SP3 ceiling or anything like that, um, just because uh, he has to... He has to get the innings, and I just don't know that he's going to go deep enough in starts in Tampa because Bay to do it. Because the arsenal for Rasmussen is what what has me feeling that same way, right? If I if I saw the true third pitch come through for Rasmussen to where he's like, okay, I can turn the lineup over that third time more consistently, mm-hmm. I'd feel better there. But I agree with you right now. I have to put him more in like the 130 inning range. But I think he he can do a lot of damage in that number of innings to be fantasy viable. So yeah. I'm excited about him. All right, next up is Tanner Houck. I've got him 73rd. You've got him 99. Um, okay, so here, I, 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 this one I don't get because you just gave me shit because you think Garrett Whitlock might be in the rotation. That means how can't be. No, it doesn't. I mean, unless we're just going to start projecting injuries. I guess we can with Boston. but I mean, Pavetta, Rich Hill, and Michael Waka, dude. They're bad. They are well. Well, Rich Hill's Rich Hill's not. He's just good when he pitches, but um, he's a million, and then the other two are bad. And we talked about the fact that I'm, I, I I mentioned this on a different podcast, on the CBS podcast, uh, recently that Rich Hill stopped having blister issues as soon as the sticky stuff went away. Interesting. No, we had not talked about that. That is interesting. Yeah, like Rich Hill, like became like a durable, somewhat durable pitcher. Wow, <laughs> the sticky That's stuff wild. went away. Uh, like pretty much from the moment it went away, like he took he, it away from him, and he he was using something that was hampering. It was helping, but hampering. Yeah. And now they're, they're like, okay, fine, you can't use it. He's like, okay, I guess I just have to pitch regularly, and I can actually stay healthy. But no, I I don't think it's contradictory to to be on Hauk and Whitlock. And I, I again, I got Whitlock. I still have him uh, much lower than Hauk, so I still favor Hauk here. But I look at Waka. Pavetta for talent standpoint and Hill from an age standpoint and even Sale and Eovaldi from health. And I say there's plenty of opportunity here for Hauk, especially. And again, the main reason I ranked Whitlock in the rotation was because they said he was going to be. Um, I'm open to moving him if they change on that. But Hauk, I know they jerked him around last year and, and upset fantasy folks because of how well he was pitching, and we kept thinking, let him start. Um, I think that I think they I think they have no choice but to uh, loosen the reins this year because like where are they going to go? They fancy themselves a contender. They can't just limit him to sixty nine innings again this year. They need to try to push, uh, you know, one hundred and thirty plus innings. And I think he's got the talent to be really good in those innings. So I got, I got Hauk at 73. And again, I will grant that 73 to 99, probably not as big of a gap as it sounds. Yeah. But it is still a big enough one that I thought it was worth discussing here at 26 spots. I, and I mean, I really like the talent of Hauk. I really do. Um, and I love the gifts of him side by side with Chris Sale. 
Oh, um, I know. They're righty lefty versions of, it, yeah. of each other. Are, are you, do you have, I mean, do you have concerns about his usage? Okay. Like, I, it's, it's to me, it's what they were doing. Like he was the, almost the pitcher version of Edward Olivares. Like he, <laughs> I know it was, it was up and down, up and down, it, up and down. And it, it was frustrating. And I just, I just don't I just know don't see how they can afford to do that again, though. They're going to have, I mean, I mean, unless they're running with a six man and Whitlock stays in the, um, uh, in in the bullpen, bullpen like I yeah. think he probably will. I just have a hard time seeing like th- or seeing them just letting him go. I think they should. I absolutely well, do think they should. Get. I mean, we're ta- we're talking way down here. Even at seventy three, where I have him, Hauk really only needs to pitch like a hundred and twenty innings, and can, he can. Earn and that's, it. I mean, what Steamer has him for is one. Yeah, one twenty five, and um, they have him ranked seventy second. And I didn't just bite their ranking. I, I ranked him 73rd, and now I'm looking at Steamer, and I see that they have him 72nd, so I happen to be in line with them. But that's what I'm saying. He doesn't need a ton of innings this deep in the rankings. I think I, – I, I feel like there's a handful of guys that you can definitely move them ahead of. Yeah, personally. I mean, I think I'm going to hold for right now. Um, you really going to take Mad Bum over him? Probably not. Carlos yeah. Hernandez? Yes, I like Carlos Hernandez a lot. I do too, but I'm still thinking how. how yeah, maybe I, maybe I move him up four spots and I put him in front of Mad Bomb. So I'm, I'll do that real quick. Um, Better than nothing. I'll put him right behind where I've got Tristan McKenzie now. You take Chris um, Flexen over? I would, yeah. Over how? I really like Chris Flexen. You do? Mm hmm. Why wouldn't you just take Cole Irvin? Much cheaper. Um, well, that mean I don't mind doing that as well. That was more of a diss, if I'm being honest. Well, this is it was a bad diss because <laughs> I I I I no, no dodged a diss. You. No, you didn't. No, you didn't. You just exposed yourself further. <laughs> <laughs> um. All right, I got you. I it was it was a little move at least, but I I really like how can again I think even with just 125 innings. If we get if we get some sort of talk that he is definitely gonna be given a chance to stick in the rotation. Um, like, you know, maybe they say, uh, walk. Well, how many innings do you think he gets then? Let's put, let's, let's try that. Um, I think I would put him right around a hundred, one, to one ten, something like that. Um, okay. uh, where he's kind of, a a multi inning reliever, um, oh. that makes some spot starts when need be, uh, you know, if there's an injury early on in the season or they go, there will be. Listen, Waka or Pavetta, I think those are the two likely guys that are told you're going to the bullpen in the same way that they originally were going to have Garrett Richards in the in the rotation and then moved him kind of to the bullpen. Yeah. Um, then I would feel much more confident. He, I could see him jumping up a good 20 plus spots. Okay. Maybe even higher than that. Like, I, if, if, if you could guarantee me 20 plus starts, I think I would have Hauk in my top 65. I mean, insofar as you can, you can only, you can't guarantee anything. Well, I mean, if you, if so, I mean, I I think we're pretty, like, if I felt comfortable, he was going to get that. I feel like I can guarantee you 16. 
you know, 16, 17. So we're, we're, we're three, four starts away. And you did move them up a little bit. Again, we're parsing now, but maybe you'll move them up as we get some some uh, stability on what their situation mm-hmm. is. But Tanner Houck uh, definitely has upside to be even better than the 73 that I have, let alone the 94 that you have now or 95. Yeah. Um, all right, Nate Pearson. I have 93, I have 116. Again, that is not a huge, this is more, yeah, this is less a debate. This is more of a, you uh, where are we on? Yeah. 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 Because I, I don't know. I don't know exactly where I'm at. This is a, a perfect post hype, right? Mm-hmm. Nobody's in on him anymore. And not literally nobody. There's, there's believers out there, but now's the time to actually buy, right? Yeah. He's, he's picked 415 on average. Even his min of 285 is dirt cheap. So if you like Pearson still, if you liked Pearson ever, you should probably still like him. I don't know that 30 – no, no. Actually, I'm not going to soft pedal it. 33 major league innings should not take you off of him, mm-hmm. no matter how bad they've been. So if you ever liked Pearson and you're out on him now, you've been too hasty. I don't understand that. Um, so, yeah, it's been 33 bad innings. I don't care. Yeah. Um, in 25, I think now's the time to buy again. I think our rankings are actually – pretty close at 93 116 uh the the splits there are not much so what is your general thinking on him is he somebody that you are seeking out do you have a little star next to him or is he just somebody that you kind of placed and said i don't know man i'll I'll do whatever he's not penciled in to start but he's definitely their sixth guy behind barrios gosman ryu manoa and stripling it might even overtake to be quite honest yeah i think that's the guy he's got to overtake and i think he can um i think stripling has shown throughout his career that he can pitch effectively out of the bullpen in i love strip but yeah he's not guaranteed anything yeah and so i think that there is a real shot that at some point he does kind of jump him i yeah i think he's a guy that he he kind of falls into that you know post 350 sleeper territory uh, that a guy that a legit sleeper too for Pearson. Yeah, like who has real legitimate upside. We're not talking about like a sleeper, like oh, he's going to outperform his ADP by five or six rounds. But a guy yeah. that like, if everything broke right for him, like we could see him returning like SP two, SP three kind of value because I think he's got oh, yeah. that talent in his arm. Yeah, Pearson's still got sky high capability. Mm-hmm. He has no con- control right now though, and that's the thing. He's a but know, he got fireballer his i mean his walk rate in triple a was 10 percent. yeah that's that's plausible we can deal with that it was 17 percent in his 15 major league innings and again mm-hmm. i'm just not bugging out over the major league innings 33 total by the way uh with his 2020 if you heard me say 33 earlier and then 15 um so yeah it's a tiny sample Control, command and control have been the issue, but we have seen the flame throwing capabilities of Pearson. He's missed a ton of bats. We we know this profile. This is a tried and true profile of the fireballer that needs to rein it in a bit to figure things out. A lot of times they do. Mm-hmm. Plenty of times they don't. So it it's nothing's guaranteed. I think, but. Are you taking him? Are you are you looking to yeah, get I, some Pearson shares this he's year? He's not like necessarily a, a guy I've like highlighted. But he's definitely a guy who's still on my draft sheet that I think, um, especially if I feel really comfortable about my innings when I get to that point in the draft Mm -hmm. and I go, okay, I feel really comfortable that my team has enough innings to make it through the season or the way I've built my rotation is is pretty solid. But I really want to take a shot on a guy with some major upside. Um, Then, yeah, I'll I'll take a gamble on someone like him. Um, 
because I, like I said, I, I do believe the upside is huge. The, I think the main question becomes like, how many innings do we think he gets? You know, yeah, that's that had, is the real question for Pearson. I, he had I agree. Injury issue in 2020. Mm-hmm. He missed time with a sports hernia uh, this last year. Like he's only he only threw 45 in two thirds of innings between Triple A and the majors. Yeah, he did he throw in the he did no oh the Blue Jays. I can't remember the Blue Jays. They make the playoffs. They, they didn't make the playoffs. Yeah, I was like, I mean, did they, he throw in the playoffs? Like, yeah, no, that's right. They were the last ninety-one win team headed yeah. home. Yeah, that, that's unreal. Um, it's tough. It's they're tough. Gonna, I think they're going to win the division. Um, uh, they absolutely could. They so. absolutely could. And Pearson could be a big part of that. Um, so okay, so we have him on our sleeper list. We're open to taking him. We're definitely not out, mm-hmm. but we're also not putting him on every single team. Yeah. Okay, that's fair. I, I think I'm right there. I, I'm definitely going to be seeing him. You're. You're going to get in those situations late in draft. You're going to be like, Nate Pearson, that's my guy. You know, when you're in the throes of a draft and you find that guy and you're like, oh, this is when I fall in love. And this is, I mean, again, to like the point I've been making throughout the entire episode, uh, this like just because I have a guy one, I think I'm 112 right now. Um, just because I haven't won 12 doesn't mean I don't like him. Like it just mm-hmm. exactly. starting pitching is so deep. Um, yeah. You know, I, I don't know where I'm going to do it, but at some point I'm going to build a team where I don't spend anything on starting pitching until like super late. I um, love it. It could and, be your next DC. Yeah. So it might it might be a DC, it might be or an Or is option. it better for an in season because then you can supplement as Yeah, I think it's got I don't know that it can be a DC. I think it could be like um like an OC, like a yeah, twelve team exactly. fab league. Where you go, I'm just not going to take a starting pitcher for the first 15 rounds. And I'm going to make sure I dominate all the hitting categories, get a couple good closers, um, and then I'm going to start building a rotation with a bunch of these guys that I really like that are going a little bit too late for my liking. Yeah, absolutely. And outside of the part where you have to draft hitters, that's a Nick Pollock special right there. Not drafting a pitcher until round fifteen. Shoot, and then I, to... I may pull a Labadini at some point. Oh, I love um, it! Nine dollars on nine pitchers. Yeah, Larry so... Labadini. He's a legend. Old old heads know what's up. You, yeah, you young bucks don't know don't know that name. I'm sorry, but um, all right. Next up, Max Fried. We're bouncing all the way back up to the top of the ranks here. Yeah, and uh, you know this is a twelve point split, but this is where we in the higher end of the ranks. A twelve point split is a lot bigger than even like a thirty point split. Mm-hmm. Uh, on, 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 Nate, yeah. on Nate Pearson. So I've got Max Fried 14 to your 26. Wow. And that starts to be a bit more impactful. I'm just going to come out and say it off rip. I think Max Fried is a budding ace. Really? And the only okay. things that stopped him from that this year were the hamstring and finger injuries. Um, he was tracking toward a new innings high. Instead, he literally matched down to the third, uh, his 2019 total of 165 and two thirds. But we really saw um, his skills on display. Obviously, in the playoffs, he had some great stuff, too. But even before that, Max Fried really started coming into his own here and could have had an even better dream season than he did because uh, if he hadn't been sidelined, we'd have probably seen like 180-something innings. But I think we'll get to see that this year as he fully emerges into an ace at age 28. The control has always been there. The command has gotten better in recent years. Strikeout stuff's there. I think I think that could even jump. But even if we just get, say, 
190 innings of what we got this past year. I'll take that, um, let alone any potential improvement. But I think he's an absolute beast. I love Max Fried, and I don't think we've seen his best season yet. Um, I don't know that there's much I disagree with you on okay. in terms so then of... It's just a matter of... of the ranking and the different players that we have here as opposed yeah, to sort I, I think fundamental the, disagreement. I think I think you can definitely make an argument that I should have him above probably the three guys I've that I've got above him, which are Chris Bassett, Yu Darvish, and Dylan Cease. Yes, um, I have him what like those guys are much lower for me. Um including uh uh Bassett who we're gonna talk about next episode. Yeah, uh, and I think you could probably make the argument that maybe you should be above Logan Webb and Trevor Rogers. Whoa, 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 whoa! whoa. Wait, oh, and and maybe even Logan Charlie Webb. Morton. Charlie Morton's got to come Definitely down. Definitely Morton, because he's he's not healthy necessarily. So, and I don't I don't dislike Morton. Like I, he, I think he, the health has to bring exactly. him down. Exactly, the so, age and the health got to bring him down there. Let's my, see who else you got. Uh... My my kind of retort on this. Um, to Freed is for a guy that you're taking in the top 15 doesn't really strike out a ton of guys. No, but the, the volume is going to be there. Uh, we've seen two full seasons now. And again, a couple smaller injuries sidelined him, but nothing that strikes me as chronic. I think if, if I'm making a list of, you know, my top five candidates to throw 200 innings next year, he's in it. Interesting. Um, I don't think he is for me. And I think maybe that's the big kind of disagreement. I think maybe we see a jump up to like 180. I don't think he's going to go much further than that. Largely based on the fact he hasn't. Um, uh, oh, that's not a good enough reason. I think it's a good enough reason. I, I don't. I, you, I do. you just don't believe guys can do something that they haven't done? Like Not necessarily. I just, I'm not going to bank on that kind of jump on a guy that I haven't seen it. We don't have to bank on it. That's the thing. Yeah. Like the, the ranking does not bank on that growth. Um, I'll, I'll take 180. He He's the kind of guy, like I don't actually have a problem with you taking him as a top 15 pitcher, but like, I feel like if you're going to take him as an SP one, you have to like double tap on your SP two. Like you need to pair him with a guy who's going to get strikeouts. Um, I don't necessarily have to do that with my next pitcher. Strikeouts are available. That like that's something I find the the availability of. Yeah. And to be honest, by the time I take Freed, I might already have somebody because the the market's not matching my pick on him. Um, he is about SP twenty or twenty one. I'm just guys out that would put him SP twenty one. So I probably already have a starter anyway for with Freed to make him my SP2, and I'm probably already that strikeout foundation. Mm. Yeah, I, I he's moving up just because I'm moving other guys down. Mm-hmm. Um, so for you know just so people know, I've moved uh, I've moved Charlie Morton down a fair amount. Um, just because of the injuries. Uh, and there's a whole hot potato a- action with him, right? I don't want to be the one to yeah. hold in the bag. Like, it was another great, great year. Obviously, it ended in, in injury. But well, you don't want to be left guys, holding that bag. Guys who've ended in injury with the lockout 
I'm a little sure. bit more, even more concerned than it would normally sure. be, just because they're not having the ability to work with the team mm-hmm. in rehab and things like that. They've got to do it all on their own. I don't know how, you know, guys are going to handle that if they're going to employ someone privately to help, like, you know, or are they going to just try to do it as they think it, you know, <laughs> like it's, it's kind of a scary proposition. So no doubt as much as I like Morton, um, I'm dropping him. I initially dropped him to 32, but now I'm talking myself into dropping him further. Uh, I think I'm going to drop him to 39. Um, uh, or 30, 38 is where he's going to go for me. Uh, so that was a pretty big drop for a guy who was in my top 20. Right. Well, starting where'd you move him to? 28? 30. 38. Okay. So you moved him. Oh, so, Char, Char likes that move. She's uh, so, and then I moved you Darvish down a few spots. Um, after doing his write up last night a little bit, I'm, I'm not necessarily down on you, Darvish. I just don't know what to make of. Me neither, but I got him 35, this... so I'm kind of like, eh, you know, I, I don't hate him, but I don't. Yeah, I dropped him down to 27, and I could make the argument to drop him down further. I may end up dropping him down further. He just was really, really bad after the sticky stuff went away. True. Like, it completely and coincides. And he did, you know, completely turn around his command and control profile mm-hmm. and you wonder if it was because he found a little sum sum then they take mm-hmm. it away it, that's tough with you darvish and let's not forget he's not a baby he's been yeah, around for a minute now he's 35 so I, yeah. I love darvish i'm always gonna root for him well unless he turns out to be some sh- shithead down the line i guess we have to he seems like a pretty <laughs> he, he, he does I, i'm just throwing out that caveat because you know Something heinous happens, and I'm on recording saying, I'm always going to root for him, dude. And, you know, obviously that would be silly to take that out of context. So I shouldn't even have to say those disclaimers. Sorry. But uh, Darvish, love him, but he is older. Um, yeah. So, yeah. That, so, that's why so Freed's moved up. I, I just based this. on that, uh, just, Freed's moved up to 24. But I don't know that I'm going to jump him over. Who else Maybe is there I that you could jump him over? Bassett, probably. Gotta, gotta. You just you, you said his case no. are an issue. Yeah, okay. You gotta. Okay, and we're, so and we're gonna deep dive Bassett next episode, so I'm gonna save that. That okay? So I've got I've got freed up to 22. Okay. Um, and it's still a split between us, but it, you know you're, you're okay. Um, hang on, let me let me pull up rankings I'm, here to see who's. Who's ahead? I don't know that I want to move him up any higher. Okay, and that, that's okay. I'm not. I'm not going to make you. Obviously, it's, it's your ranking. But you can't make me. I, I cannot make you. Um. Okay. What about? Oh, I'm on the clock. Oh, you you did you did get there, huh? Yeah. Oh, and look who went right in front of me. Rendon. In the ninth round was Chris Bassett. Oh, okay, Bassett. Oh, fucking gallon went. Oh, oh, Tashera did take Rendon. I told you that was the one guy you had to worry oh. about. All right, well, that makes taking Jake Cronenworth so much easier. Uh, so that was that was an easy, That easy kills pull. me. So Teixeira screwed me. Yeah, pretty much. Because Cronenworth was my – actually, Rendon or Cronenworth. And then once you said you were taking Rendon, I, I, I was like, please, 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 please. Yeah, so unfortunately for you, that yeah, well, didn't work out well. Well, I will shorten the name. And, uh, oh, just take Mr. Crown. Yeah, if if he makes it back to me, so we'll see. He might. He um, might yeah, I think he was. He was he actually. Should. He was the next guy on my list if Cronenworth had gone down. What color are so. the first base tickets? Purple. So, um, 
He's got LeMayhew, Alonzo. Uh, three of the five teams that pick ahead of me don't have a first baseman, so it's not a guarantee. Yeah, because LeMayhew can play a different spot, um, and he – so Alonzo's – I'd probably just pivot to Walsh if Chrome gets taken, to be honest. Yes, that's, that's – uh... I don't have too much difference between those two. Anyway, well, um, last thing about free. Or, no, oh, what was I going to say? Um, oh, you're already know. ready to, to, to trust Robbie Ray? I am. I believe in Oh, in my Robert. God. I really do. No it's, concerns. It, it, I mean, here's... But here's the thing, too. Like, I am... The way I've been drafting starting pitching is if... One, I'm almost always going to end up... Because I've got certain guys, like, way... Uh, ranked way ahead of their ADP uh, in my top ten. Uh, namely, Lance Lynn. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm almost always going to end up waiting uh, and, and grabbing Lance Lynn as opposed to ending up with Shane Bieber or Robbie Ray um, or even Sandy Alcantara. Uh, I'm almost always going to, and so far in my drafts, like I've just ended up with, you know, a starting pitcher and Lance Lynn as my number two. Yeah. Um, so in this current draft, we're in Giolito and in Lance Lynn. And uh, if our, in my, one of my other drafts, it was Wheeler and Lance Lynn. And, uh, I, and I think uh, in our FPAS draft, it was Scherzer and Lance Lynn. You love Lance Lynn, which I got no, no issues with. I love Lance yeah. Lynn, too. I, when, when you've got – when you're someone like me and you've got Lance Lynn as a top 10 pitcher and you look at the ADP of 60 – you go, uh, yeah, Lance Lynn is going to be on a lot of my teams this year. And that, that is that is absolutely panning out. I have Lynn a bit lower than that, uh, but I'm not I'm not out on him. I, just with, with Ray, man, it's, just, it's, it's so tough for me to fully buy in on, on this breakout here without any questions um, about how he's going to sustain, especially because the home run issue, you know, he did tamp it down. Remember, like, when he was first breaking mm-hmm. out, it was crazy. It, it was still it was still up there. And then the last thing I'd say about uh, Freed with regards, you know, talking about moving the innings up, you know, he only had three starts under five innings, 19 of his 28 or six plus. He had two shutouts. I just don't see any reason why he's not a strong 200 inning candidate. And again, I don't even need him to get there. Buck 80, buck 85 will, will do the trick for me. Um, if, if, if he pitches like he did this past year, which I think is a, is a good chance that he does that too. So I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm pretty big on Freed here. I got you to move up a bit. I still mm-hmm. think there's a few guys that you could stand to move him up ahead of, but that's, uh, that's your own process there. He was, I, yeah, I, I think you can make the argument for Rogers, especially because yeah. Rogers, you know, health, you know, I like Rogers gonna, quite a bit, though. But I, I do like Rogers quite a bit too. I think, I think I mean, the other guys I would argue, like Ray, for sure. Like I, I mm-hmm. personally, I, 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 I gotta go uh, freed over Ray. Um, Peralta, you know, you talk about innings, and he has the strikeouts for sure. Peralta's a guy, man. Like I, I like I, look, I, I see like him. I see the talent, and I go, man. Like I really think he could be an SP one. I think he should, yeah. be, just based on talent. But I but also have like guy. major reservations. Yeah, yeah. No, um, it's like, it, and it is a wide range, right? It's weird to feel that way that 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 the height could be that high, mm-hmm. but that the that the the bottom could be quite a bit lower. Yeah, like like there there is a universe, you know, uh, in which like 
he doesn't finish the year as a starter. Like it, um, and so like that scares the crap out of me. And it, it seems unlikely to me that I'm ever going to end up drafting Peralta. And so they probably need to drop him just based on that. Um, but the talent, man, the talent just stares me right in the fucking face. And it, it's, it's immense. It, it's unquestionably immense for, uh, for Freddie Peralta. There, there are no two ways around it. Um, and again, I think I actually, hang on. I have Peralta. Yeah, I do have him a little bit lower. Nothing crazy. I got him at 19. But yeah, Freed's kind of my, I guess he's a little bit of a, a flag plant guy for me then. You know, I, I put a big I put a big number on him in the forecast, right? You know, the, when they do the little up, uh, if, you, if, you, if you can if you can map out a case that you think a guy has upside, then you can do the little up. And I did uh, up 200 Ks and Cy Young consideration for Freed based on my forecaster profile of him. So I think he's a stud. The only other guy I would maybe try to debate with you is uh, Gosman over him. Hmm. Um, yeah, I think you can make the argument on Gosman. I'm still pretty in love with what I saw with him in San Francisco, and I think he can carry those changes over to Toronto I do worry a little bit about the division. That, that's that's, my, that's my, yeah, no, he's returning that division. That's um, my only concern, really. Um, he has the strikeout edge over Freed. I will grant that, but um, yeah, I, I think that's the difference. I think I'd give this, this every strikeout. other. I think I'd give every other metric to to Freed though. Yeah, I think that's probably fair. And if he doesn't get the innings above him, then the then the strikeouts might actually be closer to to equal. You know what? I'm I'm gonna oh man. You've, you've talked me into it. I'm going to yes. move Freed up to... Uh, I'm going to have to do some... Some, some, some finagling? Some finagling. Okay, you don't have to commit, but I love that we're having these... these I think I think what I'm going to do is I'm going to move Peralta down and put him right next to Kevin Gosman and then jump Freed up um, in between... Flaherty and uh, uh, Flaherty and Peralta, and so that puts Freed at eighteen. Perfect. I'm fine with so, that. I, I I I love that. That is a eight point jump. Yeah. All right. I definitely will do what I talked about though in terms of when I take Freed, I'm going to pair him with a hot yeah. strikeout because you want to get that 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 better strikeout stability. I understand mm-hmm. that. I'm not saying, and, and I was almost saying it in reverse that I would already have the guy probably. Yeah. Maybe, maybe he's the guy you pair with Cole or Burns exactly. or Scherzer. Exactly. Um, I might already have Burns then take a hitter and then get mm-hmm. freed in the third or fourth. Um, where, where is he normally going? Let's see. He is. Oh yeah. I can get, I not even third. He's, he's pick 71. I can take oh, him in the fourth, yeah. fifth. Um, so yeah. Okay, cool. Great, great discussion. Then we're going to cap it off with a giant, Logan Webb. Yeah. 12 versus 21, and I'm the high guy here. Yeah, this is another one of those instances where I think you Dodger fans that yell at me on Twitter (laughs) and in my comment section at me being like anti-Dodger and a homer, like the the proof doesn't actually like bear out uh, in in the pudding. because I, I, as much as I love Logan Webb, like I'm seemingly the low guy on him everywhere. I mean, 
I guess so. Like, I, I love him. I, I think there's just so much good of what he's done, and I don't really see, I don't really see any sort of massive fall off. And I kind of, you know, I put my money where my mouth is. I drafted him. He was SP 14 when I took him, um, with with my fourth round pick. No regrets. Very happy to pair him up mm-hmm. with Bueller. And I just, I just think he's, the, I think he's there. You know, Steamers got him as the SP 15. This year, like, I, I don't want to frame it of like, what don't you like? Because that's that's uh, poisoning the well. I like there. exactly, I, exactly. So I don't want to do it like that. But but twenty one feels feels a bit light. So I, I don't have the updated rank. I know you you just made a bunch of changes he, here. He, so let's with the changes he is stuck at twenty one. Okay, just guys jumping but up. Guys Morton jumping went behind back. him, right? And um, yes. So and, and Free just went ahead of him. So. Okay, which uh, yeah. why, I why do you, why I do you have actually, Max Free ahead of him? Can I, I, I honestly, in my head, that's what I just thought. Like, what, there's no, is, there's no reason I should have Logan Webb behind Max Freed, and therefore he automatically jumps up to 18 for Logan Webb, then has to jump up to 18 for me, pushing Freed back down. The funny thing um, is, I, I can intellectually say that because I have, I have Webb yeah. higher. I, 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 even though it's a different rank you said that you know, I have him 12 to to Freed's 14 so I can actually intellectually still say that even though I was kind of joking but yeah so you got him up there um I'm looking right now who else you got I mean it's a lazy comp but this feels a lot like prime Matt, Matt Kane. Kane. I knew you were gonna say it. I knew it I knew it um because He's a better like, strikeout guy though by a lot he is a better strikeout guy and uh not, and not just adjusted for era by the way yeah, um, he's he's a better strikeout guy, but like I think he can be that kind of horse in the rotation exactly. in a rotation that really needs to have one because without Gosman, the rest of that rotation, while very talented, has some real injury issues, no doubt. Um, and so I do think the Giants like this is one of the guys where I go, well, he's never gotten a two hundred. But I would not be surprised if they push him towards that uh, in in twenty twenty two. Why can't um, Freed get there though? What's the difference? <laughs> I don't mean to go back to Freed, but you did say that that you had trepidation about him possibly getting there. And I'm, is there any specific difference? Uh, just Freed is is had the opportunities to get there, and and the Braves have not shown that injuries. they want to push him. Nah, this year was just to that point. This year was simply the injuries, and it was a finger and a hamstring. So nothing that for yeah. me, like a blister on on the finger, taking you out for eight days, and then a hamstring that cost him just under a month. Neither of those are are scaring me. But like I was telling you, and again, I'm sorry to make this about Freed again, but it's just with the 200 inning potential thing. He only went under five innings um, eight times last year, mm-hmm. or under under six innings. Excuse me, under six innings. Yeah. Under six. No, no, I'm, I'm, I'm. That's why I pushed Freed up. But yeah, yeah, and so you did do that. But uh, with Webb, I agree. I would also put him in my list of guys who could potentially go 200 next year. And I want to close the loop on the the uh, the, the Kane thing because I. I I knew you were going there because I've done it too, and you know what? I got I, I said, not with the adjustment, uh, just for era. With the current strikeout rate that Webb had this past year, he is definitely uh, a, a better strikeout guy than we mm-hmm. saw from Kane. 
he just he reminds me so much of him. But, but for his even career, he looks a little bit like him. He does, exactly. But for his career, so if we don't just take twenty twenty one at face value and then we look at strikeout per nine plus, which you know scales everything, then they are even closer. Because for his yeah. career, Kane was at one oh one and so far for Webb's career he's at one oh two, but he was at one oh eight last year. Um but yeah, they they are similar. Uh Webb, believe it or not, you know where he actually really excels over Kane is the control. Mm-hmm. 94 BB9 plus for Kane, 79 for Webb, and you do want a lower BB9 plus. And I mean the other the other part that he Home kind of production. excels. Yeah, I was gonna say his ground ball rate. Yeah. I mean yeah. uh he had a sixty point nine ground ball percent here. Uh Webb did and you know you add on the fact that you know usually these ground ball guys they aren't you know getting over like the 25% strikeout Mm -hmm. percentage Um, but Webb does that you know his his fly ball percentage is a minuscule 18.5% I love it Uh, and that low fly ball percentage is something that has always been a part of his profile he's always had this ground ball till with the balls that he does put into play Mm -hmm. Uh, and with that really good defense behind him, uh, you know, the spacious outfield uh, and, you know, that will suppress home runs when the ball does get into the uh, air. Yeah. Like, I feel like in spite of the fact that he doesn't have a long track record, um, like, I feel like he's one of the safer uh, starting pitchers as long as he's healthy. I know he's dealt with some injury issues in the past, um, and that's been kind of the one thing that holds me back from putting him as like a top 15 guy, because I think he's got the talent for top 15. Yeah. Um, and I think he's got the floor, especially for a top 15, uh, you know, if he can, if he can stay healthy, but if, if I can get him as my number, my SP two, if I'm pairing him with like a, a Burns or a Cole or a Lynn, um, I'm feeling pretty good or Woodruff, you know, Wheeler, uh, I'm feeling pretty good I, about I the start my rotation. I mean, yeah. you know, we're talking about a fourth rounder. And, you know, if you go two hitters, two pitchers to start, Webb has a good shot to be your second pitcher. Yeah. And I think that's great. I totally agree with the uh, the, the Kane comps. Um, the makeup is a little the, – the profile of the stats are a little bit different, but the bottom line is kind of there, especially with the ratios. Uh, again, I think Webb has a chance to be a better strikeout guy and home run uh, suppressor. Um, but there's just, there's so much to like with him. And that's why I'm, I'm really high. I'm buying in on this breakout here at full price, but I think even the market is, uh, they're not overcharging. He's the 18th pitcher. Let's see. Hey, just Hader and Hendricks. So yeah, SP 16 in the market. I'm fine with that. Paying that all day for web. Yeah. All right. Well, that's it. Those are the guys where I'm higher. Um, Obviously, there's others, too. Those were the ones that I chose that I thought would be the most fun to discuss. Some excellent discussions. We both made some moves, as uh, as we are wont to do during these discussions. And then we will have the inverse next time out, where you're high. I'm going to add a few more guys, too, by the way, because we cut um, Cal Quantrill mm-hmm. and... Maybe one other. I think I had eight. But either way, I'm going to add a few more there, too. So don't uh, don't worry. We'll have nine or ten for the uh, for the episode later this week. But, man, these these ranks have been a lot of fun. And I know with your ADP market watch you've been updating, we've been talking all offseason. Hey, after the new year, the Patreon. After the new year, the Patreon. That is happening. It is past the new year. Today is the fourth. Um, Justin and I are going to talk offline 
today being Tuesday and tomorrow. And then this week we will have something on the Patreon outlining what we're going to do as far as the content plan. I think we're going to have some short articles that are just going to go up there. Articles that aren't quite long enough for uh, rotographs, but enough to have some meat. You know, maybe it's just a 200 word draft thoughts because you're in the middle of a draft right now um, or whatever. And then some live Q&As. Uh, you were talking about maybe doing some Google Hangouts or, or some Hangouts where you're just chilling, uh, basically streaming the way you do on Twitter at times. So we're going to have a lot more coming up. So if you are supporting us on Patreon, we thank you. And it's going to start being a lot more uh, worth worth the bang for your buck. So we appreciate the support. And we're going to start churning out the, the uh, content to go with that. At, at some point, we need to break down this other draft that we're in. Which which one the uh, the we're, draft pass? We're in a fruit. We're in a fruit. Draft. Oh yeah, yeah. We do need to break down our fruit draft. You're right. Your wife. We're only a, we're only a round in. But it's so. it's already been fun, and and the beauty of this, and you know, um, Danielle inadvertently highlighted something that's so fun about the early part of the the fantasy drafting is setting the market. Obviously, it's a mm-hmm. it's different in baseball because even when you're doing the first draft of the year, you're still working off some sort of foundation. There is no you know, foundation, like there's nothing to go off of for a fruit draft. So Mm -hmm. we're all talking sleepers. It's like my number one pick was what you thought was a sleeper. Meanwhile, other people are taking stuff. We're like, why did you take that? I would, I never eat that. So you got really good value in the first round. Strawberry five, dude. Yeah. Strawberry fell to five. Like that, that to me was a top three. I thought so too. I'm a a, Um, a big, well, big I mean, fan. part of the problem was Danielle auto drafted with the first pick. She did in her own which draft. Was adorable and how she yeah. accidentally did it. By the way, she was so upset. Like when she, you know, she had been up. We were our kid. One of our kids is is really sick right now. Not COVID, but um, oh. or at least so far has been negative on COVID, um, but been really sick. And so she was up to like four or five o'clock in the morning. Um, you know, taking care of the kid and kind of prepping for the draft. She set up the spreadsheet and she just typed in watermelon. <laughs> With the first overall pick, just to make sure it would like fit yeah. like, the, the width of the rose. Yeah, she was checking the And then lid. forgot to delete it. Um, uh, and then, like, you know, I let her sleep in because she'd been up so late with the baby. She didn't get up to like noon. And I ended up screwing her. And she's like, wait, no, 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 I didn't want watermelon. Aww. I, uh, so it's been, it's been a pretty crazy draft. Um, I'm feeling pretty good about my first round selection of Kumquat. You're insane. Yeah, you're an insane uh, human being. Because you're gonna see what's gonna happen here, um, oh, as as I just start to put together a a stack of um, uh, provocatively named fruit. Yeah, that, I, I figured that's that's where you're going. Yeah, because because I'm almost up. I'm I'm, I'm two picks fruit. away. Yeah, two people in front of me I need to pick before I get my second round pick, and I'm going with passion fruit <laughs> in the next round. So I'm pairing kumquat with passion fruit. Of course you are. You're an absolute perv. Um, The next draft is sexual positions. Why don't you just wait for that? Oh, because there I'm going to pick fruit. Of course. The apple Yeah, for the first round, I will pick the banana. (laughs) Yo, Zach taking Haas avocado was sharp. I forget avocados are a fruit. Mm -hmm. I love avocado. Genius pick. Genius pick. It went watermelon. Go ahead. Some really good picks. Yeah. Uh, some some uh, some nasty picks though too. Yeah, you were very upset about beefsteak tomatoes. First off, beefsteak, um, nastiest word in the universe. <laughs> I'm I'm taking beefsteak in the sexual positions draft. Beefsteak, tomatoes are garbage. Um, beefsteak, nastiest word ever. 
uh, moist beefsteak tomato just make me insta vomit. I'm like, that's my epicac right there. It would have. So there may need to be a trade for my team. You know, if I'm going to continue with this yeah. theme, because not you know not being able to pair uh, beefsteak tomato with kumquat, it feels like a missed opportunity. I don't know if Nate will be willing to. <laughs> As Paul just fills in inappropriate words into my into my column, um, so but uh, so uh, my wife, you know, made a joke about like you know uh, like that I I, I want to draft so bad that I was You'll willing to any... do a fruit draft. Yeah, Does that I draft not a fruit know draft. What we did during the yeah yeah, pandemic? and she she's like, if you need some time alone in the office <laughs> just to decompress, like you can just say that you don't need to draft fruit. And so many people, like, expressed interest in drafting fruit. She has put together a draft for every week before the start of the season yep. with random uh, things. You're basically so, carrying the torch for what we did during the pandemic. It's yeah. fantastic. It really so is. So if you, if you want to get in on those, you can reach out to her on Twitter Um and, I don't have uh, to be in every one, right? Because some of these I'm just no, not going no, to no. excel in. I want to be I, in a lot of them, though. Yeah, I, I told her that you know she. I mean, she's going to make her own decision on how she's going to do it. But I told told her you know let people pick like two or three, so that way other people. Can That's get. true. Yeah, but let here are some of the uh, here are some of the uh, suggested drafts that that she's going to do. The next one it will be sexual positions, um, historical figures, Slurpee flavors, classic cars. Worst movies of all time, desserts, uh, cards against humanity cards, fictional sports figures, uh, pizza toppings, gemstones, all time greatest baseball teams, idioms. Um, uh, I, I, I have suggested things like, uh, like best fictional sports stars. Um, yeah, that one's uh, on there fictional sports figures. Oh, ooh, I missed that. Oh, RD9. Oh, that's right. Uh, yeah, I mean, people have suggested things like breakfast foods. Yes, uh, I would be so down for that. Yeah, well, you'll take a waffle over a pancake. Well, because my is brain a works. Ridiculous. No, because my brain works. Yeah. You mean so? Okay, pancakes are lazy waffles. You're a lazy waffle. Uh, no, I'm not. Uh, they don't hold your syrup. They're garbage. No, they soak up the syrup. No, they That's don't. Like the no, they don't. Fluffiness of no, a good don't. pancake. Look at any look at any pancake commercial. It's it's coming off the sides all over the joint. You're insane. Oh, You're an insane yeah. human, and uh, that's partly why I love you, but also why I desperately hate you. And <laughs> but we've also gone about two hours. I don't know how much of this uh, we did. We did talk a good bit before the show started, but this is gonna be a long one. I hope people enjoy it. Yeah, yeah. We're, uh, we're just under two hours in terms of actual runtime because uh, you know making up for for skipping out last week. But again, back on multi week episodes here. We kept saying New Year's when things kick back into high gear. You will see that both on the Rotograph side, the podcast side, and the Patreon side. But Justin, great speaking with you. Uh, Thursday or Friday later this week. And we'll actually, uh, Friday. we'll actually adhere to it. Okay, Friday. So, yeah. Friday, Justin's guys that are the guys that Justin's higher than me on by su- substantial margin, and uh, we'll see what changes there because I listed a bunch of names already, and if you change any of those, just let me know. Otherwise, we got a great uh, combo lined up. Excellent speaking with you. Talk to you later this week. Take it easy. <laughs>